Hello, and welcome to the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. I'm your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. I've been studying the Tao Te Ching for just short of a year now, and have reconnected with a natural feeling of inner peace and contentment. I don't hold a doctorate, nor am I qualified to teach anything about the Tao Te Ching. I'm just an ordinary person who has experienced the wonderful side effects of following the Tao. Since everyone's experience with this wisdom is different, the only thing that I can hope for is that mine helps you to connect with the Tao in your own unique, personal way. Feel free to listen to each episode a day at a time, or anytime you need a quick Tao shot. You can listen while you're on your way to work, or after that, when you're winding down. It's always a good time to observe the Tao. In each episode, we'll do four things. One, we'll read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, I'll break it down into everyday language. Three, I'll share my own thoughts and experience. And four, I'll leave you with a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. Thanks for joining me today, and enjoy this episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living. Verse 79, Staying Forgiving. When a bad grudge is settled, some enmity is bound to remain. How can this be considered acceptable? Therefore, the sage keeps to her side of the contract, but does not hold the other party to their promise. One who has virtue will honor the contract, whilst one who is without virtue expects others to meet their obligations. It is the way of heaven to be impartial. It stays always with the good person. That's verse 79 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Keith H. Sutton. Next, let's break it down. This verse has two parts to it, and we'll take each part one idea at a time. Part one talks about resentments. And part two talks about giving with everything. So I feel like this verse is pretty simple to understand, pretty hard <laughs> to practice. <laughs> when we talk about part one, Lao Tzu is talking about resentments. He says, when a bad grudge is settled, that you know, some folks are going to still be a little sore from it, be a little, you know, not like each other too much. And he's asking, well, how is this actually a good settlement? It's just there's resentment left over from whatever it is. So, you know, big picture, that's war, you know, and little picture, that's maybe a, an argument that I've had with somebody or even the smallest picture is I'm mad at myself for something that I did. And so I think what he's talking about 
is that anytime there's a conflict and there is resentment that is a little bit left over, that's not that's not how we want to live. We don't want to live with resentments. They're like little splinters in our souls that just kind of sit there. And sometimes they fester and get worse. And other times they just sit there and they're buried until somebody comes along and triggers them. <laughs> so I feel like we're just calling attention in part one to, you know, just the, the danger of resentment. Now, part two talks about actually how to get over that. And this, for me, is the hard part. And if you're a human, I feel like it's a hard part for you, too. It's basically saying forgive. Okay, so a little bit of background on what what he's talking about. He says, therefore, the sage keeps to her side of the contract, but does not hold the other party to their promise. Now, it used to be that there were two tablets um, in a contract. And the left side of the contract was the debtor side. And the right side of the contract was the creditor side. And basically, the left side was, was basically what was owed. And then the creditor side was what was to be gotten. And so when we're talking about her side of the contract right here. We're talking about the left-hand side. The one that said, okay, well, you know, if this is the contract, let me not pay attention to the right-hand side of it. Let me pay attention to only the left-hand side of that. Okay. Without thinking about what I'm owed or what I'm going to get or what are the other person supposed to be doing, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> this is the really hard part, right? Because, because, you know, there's a, some sense that that we have, or at least I have, that I'm like, man, is this fair? But something happens when I ask if that's fair. I'm basically not doing what I can to put myself in harmony with the Tao. I'm concentrating on something else. I'm not paying attention to me, my soul, my connection with the Tao. Because really, at the end of the day... That's what my resentments affect. My resentments affect my direct connectivity with the Tao. So, untasteful and unpleasant as it is, it's important for me to remember that holding the left side of the contract, making sure that I'm doing everything within my power, inside and outside of me, to forgive and to do my part is what will keep me connected. So let's go ahead and wrap that up. And we'll remember that verse 79 has two parts to it. Part one talks about resentments. And part two talks about giving with everything or forgiveness. Okay, so let's put that back together. I'll read verse 79 again. When a bad grudge is settled, some enmity is bound to remain. How can this be considered acceptable? Therefore, the sage keeps to her side of the contract, but does not hold the other party to their promise. 
one who has virtue will honor the contract, whilst one who is without virtue expects others to meet their obligations. It is the way of heaven to be impartial. It stays always with the good person. Let's take a look at some of the things that this verse made me think about today when considering staying forgiving. There are two. Number one is the case for forgiveness. And number two is giving to receive. The case for forgiveness. In the 44 years that I've been alive, I have been wronged by other people Probably a lot. That's just a part of this human experience, I think. We all make mistakes, and we all make them to greater or lesser degrees, depending on what's going on. Sometimes we know the mistakes we make, and sometimes not. Sometimes we have bad days, or months, or years. We're trying to do the right thing and end up bungling things anyways. There are lots of mistakes we make, and... Those mistakes affect others. It's a natural thing. And in a way, it's kind of beautiful, since when others wrong me, I get an opportunity to push past my own perceptions and experience the world a different way as I work through my feelings about that. I can look at it like this. So maybe I'm just sitting there, minding my own business, maybe building a sandcastle at the beach. And it's a dope sandcastle too. One with nice thick walls, a couple of towers, a little moat that starts filling in when the tide rises. Maybe I even take out my phone and snap a picture with the waves in the background so it looks like it's bigger than what it is. (laughs) I sigh a breath of contentment with my creation. Then a group of people walk by, aren't paying attention because they're being silly and talking amongst themselves. And one person trips over the castle, pretty much ruining it. In that moment, I understand, but I am a little peeved. But then this person comes up and starts complaining, maybe even yelling about how my sandcastle was in the way and even caused the accident. Okay, so not gonna lie, this is now a whole new level of annoying. Like, to be honest, this is some BS. But the group doesn't care, and the person runs after them, forgetting what just happened. Only now, I'm sitting there, looking at what's left, and watching it crumble with the wind and under its own weight. At least I got a picture of it. That person was stupid. Like, really stupid. There was literally nothing in between the castle and the group. They were all wrapped up in their own world, not paying attention. And then the gall of this person... To tell me that I'm the one who's wrong? Not only did they just destroy my creation, they blamed me for their mistake. That is just wrong, and I can't believe it. Hmm. I know. I'm going to take an aftershot and post this documenting the injustice. But before I get my phone out again, maybe I pause because I realize that the feeling of contentment I was enjoying has vanished, which actually for a moment irritates me even more because it was such a nice light feeling and now I'm feeling that fiery burn in my center. So I guess I'm in a pickle. 
Do I want that anger? Or do I want that contentment? Well, the anger's easy. It's right here. But the contentment feels like a million miles away right now. There is one thing about which I'm relatively sure. The person who kicked over my castle is very likely not even thinking about what happened. As soon as they ran off to reconnect with the group, the incident probably faded away, only to be remembered later that night for a brief moment before going to sleep. No consequence. There's another thing about which I'm positively sure. I am the one sitting here feeling this awful loss of contentment, this indignation, this anger, this shock, and the desire to retaliate. Choosing contentment, I decide to sit with it for a moment. Just feeling the burn for a moment, not rationalizing it, just allowing it to be. And there, under the anger, is a little sadness. All right, sitting with that, allowing the sadness. There, the appreciation for my creation. The appreciation for my ability to make things of beauty with my hands and mind. Then, allowing my thoughts to return to the person. And without them, I would not have connected with how beautiful this act of creation is, how special it is to me. The castle would have sat there until more tide or until the wind eroded it. In any case, long after I left, and it would have eventually gone back into the sand. <laughs> the same result. Only I wouldn't have appreciated it as deeply as I do now. So this person helped me connect with a deeper appreciation, a deeper feeling, and a deeper connection with the Tao. How should I be angry with them now? I forgive them. And as I do this, my appreciation for the Tao grows. In my experience, that is how forgiveness of situations, of people, of incidents work. They directly benefit me once I forgive. When my spouse is mean or doesn't understand or maybe even won't understand. When coworkers get the job instead of me. When my friends can't shut up for a moment to hear what I'm saying. Those are all opportunities to connect with the Tao. Of course, this doesn't mean that I shouldn't take measures to protect my castle the next time. But it doesn't have to be a disaster every time. It can actually be another doorway into harmony. Giving to receive. I've experienced time and again that most of the time, if I smile at someone, they'll smile back. I've also experienced that when I'm angry or sour-faced, people kind of leave me alone. And if I try to make them feel the way that I'm feeling, well, I'll get that back too. In our physical world, it seems that when I push on object A, it moves to location B and pretty much stays there. But in our spiritual world, it seems that when I do action A, it goes out to B and then comes back to me in a reflective manner. <laughs> the emotions observation was just one thing. Let's think about a couple more aspects. When I treat others with compassion and they feel safe around me, people open up and share themselves with me. 
just doing nothing, just being there and holding space for them, kind of like being the empty vessel, does the trick. Now when I'm doing the opposite, being selfish and closed off, I'm left alone and can't connect with others. When I'm feeling desire for stuff or relationships I don't have, people somehow pick up on this, and again, I'm left alone mostly. Except in cases where others who are in the same position connect with me and we feed off of each other in unhealthy ways. But when I'm in love with my life and I'm quietly appreciative of myself and everything around me, I attract other people to share in this feeling with me. When I'm feeling equal to people, real relationship moments occur. But when I'm feeling superior or inferior to others, self-doubt usually surfaces and that feeling eventually causes me to act in passive-aggressive or mildly hostile ways towards others. Subtle ways, but hostile nonetheless. So, when I give my three treasures away, they return. Similarly, when I give my ick away, it returns. So I can pretty much observe that I get back what I put out. Now, it's tempting to enter into esoterica here, and equally so to enter into grander visions of a honed manifestation ability. And while I feel like that's all got a true feel to it, I do like the way Lao Tzu helps us remember this axiom in a simple way. He talks about the sage staying with the left side of the tablet, the debtors rather than the creditors. He says that when we emulate the Tao by always giving, always being open and available to connect and serve, we become the forces that help others move into harmony along with us. And when we do that, we can't help but reap the rewards. And we don't have to do anything. They just arrive. So, to wrap up my experience with this verse today and considering staying forgiving, I thought about two things. Number one was the case for forgiveness. And number two was giving to receive. For the final piece of this episode, let's consider how we can apply the principle of staying forgiving in this verse today. I'd like to invite you to do a forgiveness exercise with me. You can think of someone who has caused you pain. Just pick someone who is what I like to call a, quote, low-stakes case. Someone who has not caused an egregious offense. Or maybe it's someone who has posted something hurtful. Or someone who may have behaved badly in traffic. A co-worker or a spouse that may have said something to hurt your heart. Now, think about the moment. Were you blameless? Have you ever caused that other person hurt? We're not talking about getting even, but this is really just to allow us to feel how they might feel in this role. If you did hurt them before, did you really mean to hurt them? Probably not. Would you be open to the possibility that they didn't mean to hurt you? 
And even if they seem to have been malicious in their comments or actions, do you think that their higher selves, their divinity, their Tao, would have done something like that to you? Could you be open to the possibility that they too are suffering from ego? <laughs> now picture them in your mind. Recognize it. There is a pure part to them, just as there is a pure part to you. Can you allow your Tao-centered side and your higher self to recognize their Tao-centered side and their higher self? In this instance, would you be willing to treat this other person's higher self with love and compassion? Would you be willing to ignore their ego sickness and honor and love that pure part of them? Now, I invite you to hold this person in your mind, all of them, and say, I love you. I send my compassion to you. And I wish nothing but the best for you. I see you. Your higher self. And I honor and respect you. May you be always in harmony with the Tao. That will wrap it up for today. Thank you for considering how we can apply the principle of staying forgiving with me today. To close out this episode, I'll leave you with a final reading of verse 79 of the Tao Te Ching, translated by Keith H. Sutton. When a bad grudge is settled, some enmity is bound to remain. How can this be considered acceptable? Therefore, the sage keeps to her side of the contract, but does not hold the other party to their promise. One who has virtue will honor the contract, whilst one who is without virtue expects others to meet their obligations. It is the way of heaven to be impartial. It stays always with the good person. Thanks for listening to an episode of the Tao Te Ching for Everyday Living with your host, Dan Casas-Murray. This podcast is for the Tao curious, those looking for a random bit of wisdom once in a while, or for those who want to dive into this wonderful teaching. In each episode, we do four things. One, we read a verse of the Tao Te Ching. Two, we break it down into everyday language. Three, we discuss my own thoughts and experience with the Tao. And four, we look at a couple of the many ways you can put the Tao into practice for yourself. That's pretty much how I've been practicing the Tao every day. By listening to Lao Tzu, reflecting on his words of wisdom, listening to other comments, and trying to practice them in everyday life. I'm pretty sure that as I learn about and experience more of the Tao, all my thoughts and lessons will change. I wish the same for you as you grow along your journey. 
If you found something meaningful in this podcast and would like to discuss it with others, I'd like to encourage you to subscribe to the subreddit Taoism. That's reddit.com slash r slash Taoism. Also, I'd invite you to share this podcast with friends if you think it would benefit them. As always, I wish you love, compassion, and peace. Thanks for listening.